0: Travelog, art diary, all nonsense. I am your host, Zach Rossignol. Thank you for tuning in. Episode 17, Dilly Timor-Leste. Dilly-dallying... Dilly-dallying in Dilly. There we go. Sorry, clicked away from the page right there. Uh, So, top of the show, I always like to remind people the whole freaking reason why I started this gosh darn podcast is to advertise uh, my book, Life in the Layover. Please go out and buy it um, there it's on Amazon $14.99 uh, I'm transparent I will always tell the truth I get four dollars and 83 cents for every book purchased. Um, buy a bunch of them why not and while you're doing that you can scatter them throughout the globe or wherever you go uh, and do hashtag follow the layover so life and layover and follow the layover get it got it all righty well let's um you can switch moves. Yep. You want to get a crackling? Mm, That's nice. Um, And as per usual, I will be doing my best Benoit Blanc, Knives Out character, which I can't quite tell if I'm just doing that or a general uh, offensive representation of all southern people. But nevertheless, we shall try now, shall we? Dilly Timo Leste, Dilly Dallion in Dilly. And for those who don't know, Timor-Leste is also known as East Timor, Leste is Portuguese for East of course. When you first land in Dili and make your way through their visa on arrival process, I beg of you to try and get a seat near the front of the airplane. If you don't, you'll be at the end of a very long line as all who enter the country must buy the stamp and then shuffle awkwardly backwards towards one of two customs windows open. Typical wait time is at least an hour. Once you finally make your way out of the airport, you will be greeted by an onslaught of willing and vying taxi cab drivers. There are no official taxis, so one must negotiate with one of the multitude of men waiting. I select one fella because he had a cool ponytail, and away we went. I hopped in the back of the cab and peered out the window, taking in the sights, and I must say, aesthetically, it's not too pretty. Crime rate is particularly high for a city of its size, as is unemployment, as well as poverty, which tend to go hand in hand in hand. When you do some basic, basic Googling around on the city, there are some travel websites that warn of the, quote, warring factions of martial arts gangs, end quote, roaming the streets at night, and essentially causing havoc. Most of the time you can walk around during the day with an issue, but at night time they do not recommend it. It just left me with a small sense of dread and a slight regret for having scheduled an extra flex day here when I could have slipped in and out, as the kids say. Now pause as I take a little sip of my bevy. I should have filled it before recording, but here we are. Well, since I had the day off anyways, after I had completed my work, I looked online as to what I should do with my free time. There's renowned scuba diving, but I didn't have that much time nor the desire to spend money. The number one rated thing to do was Cristo del Rey statue, overlooking Cristo del Rey Beach. It's basically just a smaller version of the Jesus statue they have in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I ask the hotel receptionist the best way to get there, and she recommends one of the many local shuttle buses driving around. It's only 25 cents for a ride, and one of the buses follows the main road all the way to the beach. She points me to the bus stop, and once I start walking and see the aforementioned bus stop, I decide to just keep on walking towards the beach because I'd like to explore the city on a foot a bit more, and it was a nice, scorching hot day, and I had no sunscreen on. Fortunately, as I turned onto the main road and walked about 300 or so yards, a blue bus, as described by the receptionist with the number 12, honked its horn at me. I give the bus a wave and hop into the crowded, decked-out shuttle. I was the only white person white person aboard as music blasted out over the speakers on top of the bus. As I climb into the busy, busy shuttle, I end up smacking my head on one of the rails above, causing everyone to chuckle at me. It's a good way to break the ice. We hum along, stopping every now and then to let more people on or off, and every time someone shuffles so they can squeeze another person in. Eventually, after 20 or so minutes near the end of the ride, I'm the only person left on the bus, and as they use U.S. dollars here as currency, I give a dollar at the end as payment and kind of wait awkwardly for 7 or so seconds while the driver just looked at me. I expect to get 75 cents back in return, but just end up giving a big smile and say, well, okay. Have a safe drive back, and turn to head towards the beach. You can see the giant Jesus statue in the distance, but it's unclear exactly where, where one sets off for the hike up there. For something rated as the number one rated thing to do, I expected there to be some crowds about, but there are not too many people milling around. There were some school kids gossiping around in these gazebos in a park close by, but that doesn't appear to be too heavily trafficked of a spot, which I can definitely dig. After a few minutes of aimlessly wandering around, I see a footpath and begin my ascent. Pause as I take a sip of the baby. Mostly just ice now. To call it a hike would be an affront to avid hikers who traverse Mother Nature's bare-breasted wooded peaks without gear, as our forefathers had intended. So I'll call it a somewhat strenuous walk up a paved Jesus-died-for-your-sins kind of path. The whole way up on the right side of the mountain, they'll tell the story of Jesus in these beautiful marble stone inscriptions detailing the life of the one true bearded hippie messiah. Jesus carried the cross. Jesus enjoyed disco. Things of that nature. And while I could appreciate the beauty of the artwork, I could just not care for the messaging. I recall that Timor-Leste was conquered by Portugal and Catholicism runs deep in these colonial takeovers, so the country barely stood a chance. After only about 20 or so minutes of hiking up, sniggering at the life of Jesus and question whether or not there was a, quote, Veronica Jesus, as one of the tunes had indicated, I realize I am feeling rather winded and wondering whether it's the elevation, the extreme heat, my fitness levels, lack of water, or cosmopolitan mix of all four. Despite being almost breathless, I was still pleasantly surprised that for the number one rated thing to do in a capital city, it was not crowded in the least. There were so few people out on the trail, didn't have to deal with any crowds, which was excellent. However, as I was the only foreigner this time, it drew quite a bit of attention from some of the school kids. When I got to the top, there were several young teenagers milling about in the shade. But when I surfaced, they all beckoned me to them and mum, taking a picture, not even in front of the monument, just little old me. I obliged and then realized that I wanted to get that perfect selfie with the whole Jesus in frame, soon knew I'd have to go, quote, off path to get it. Fortunately, there's no guards or really anyone tending to the monument, so I climbed down to the ridge below, and from there I got a decent shot with the whole giant bearded hippie in full display with his arms outstretched asking for Mary Magdalene or Veronica or whomever else. From that ridge I relaxed and busted out my water bottle and granola bar and surveyed the mountainous views. There's something hubbling about being right on the edge of where mountains meet sea. Bearing witness to the waves methodically bash, bash, bashing against the shores kind of settles you in a rhythmic sort of way. On my hike back down, I took a side route down to an abandoned beach and came across another group of school-age kids who again beckoned me for pictures. Mister, Mister, photo. It's hard not to indulge such polite invitations, and took the opportunity to snap some with my phone as well. The Timor, Timor, Timorese, Timores, yes, the Timoris people mainly speak Portuguese as well as Indonesian bahasa, but with what in little English they knew, we shared some laughs and photos. They went on the separate way, and I set off for a secluded area on the beach where I could remove my top and expose my bare alabaster skin to the harsh, harsh sun and finally take a dip in the Timor Sea. Pause as I take a sip of my dwindling bevy. Didn't get a chance to swim in any of my previous locations, so it's always nice to take a dip in a new body of water. It's a small bucket list item, swim in every ocean kind of jam. I scan the beach as I'm wading in the ocean, making sure no one came in and stole my bag. One of the big issues when one travels solo is where to leave your stuff, but there didn't appear to be anyone for the length of the coastline. Abandoned. I eventually look past my stuff and through some shade trees, see a small hut with a motorcycle outside it, and question how long I should stay. Maybe the beach is abandoned for a reason. i scan the water, expecting to see some jellyfish, but see none, and decide that I've had enough sun and sand for the time being, and I'm going back underneath the shade to, to the trees to be with my stuff. As I head back in, I see a man exit the hut and begin working around the property. I kind of duck underneath one of the sand dunes for cover and begin putting my clothes back on. Wiping sand off me, off off my feet, so I could slide my socks and shoes back on. If I thought it was an emergency, run for your life kind of deal, I would have bolted barefoot in blistering hot sand. But I knew I would yet to be detected. Even if I did, I'm fairly certain this was a public beach, so I wasn't in the wrong. But I just got a weird vibe, and I could begin to feel my skin sizzle from the sun. So decided that to boot scoot, and boogie on back to my air-conditioned hotel room. I liked it. I likely dilly dallied in Dilly for one day too many, and while the hike and swim took less than two hours, I was still fairly sunburnt, so I was exhausted after my adventure. While I wouldn't recommend walking around the Dilly at night, due to the rather high amount of unemployed ewes, I'll say that during the daytime, and on this particular hike, they were all friendly and smiles. Time I head to Darwin for an eight hour layover, and then my make, make my way to Perth, the only city. I've been twice for work-based purposes. Last time I here I titled my essay Ends of the Earth in Perth, which I was fairly proud of. We'll have to see if I top it. I'll see you there. Oh boy, folks, if that just wasn't all you need to know about uh Dilly and Timor last day, then I don't I don't know what you're looking for. But uh again, please, thank you for listening. Um a reminder to please buy the book life and the layover uh subscribe to the patreon as well um again i usually have uh some local flair to play me out and i'm not too familiar with uh, Timorese music but the island does share it with indonesia so oh okay yes 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 that works as well indonesian flair works perfectly for me uh, all right tune in next week Uh, I'll see you guys there. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.